Hey friends, it's Mao. Welcome back to my channel if you're watching on YouTube and welcome back to Witch Church if you are listening on the podcast. Uh, today, let's talk about February 2023 and the month ahead. I want to give a little intuitive astrological overview of what I feel February is going to bring energetically and then will bounce in to everybody's favorite part, which is the rising sign forecast for the month of February 2023. And I want to give each rising sign a few nuggets of wisdom or intuition when it comes to moving through this month ahead in the most aligned way possible. And can I say, I think it's really easy in February to move forward in a way that isn't necessarily aligned purely out of frustration that things aren't moving fast enough for our egos. <laughs> so I think there's a little bit of like I'm finishing up a lot and I feel this newness blossoming in the background but I just want to get to the newness and I'm kind of over these final lessons <laughs> of, of what February brings, okay? So right off the bat, that is kind of my energetic read on February. There's something uh, kind of judgment card, the world, the fool in that order of, you know, the judgment card, big realizations, the world, being the last card in the tarot, being, you know, where the cycle completes. And then comes the fool, which is when, you know, the cycle rebirths itself. But it's easy to be in the judgment and the world card and want to just skip right to the fool without completely processing what February has for us and that's something that comes through right now like um some of us are feeling resistant to processing the end of the cycle <laughs> which is uh very understandable uh but what if there is a profound gift that awaits from processing the end of the cycle of um you know, just staying with the uncomfortability of being in limbo, if you will. Uh, and what if there are really profound realizations that will allow you to be more in alignment when March comes? And that's something else that I think is good to know about the astrology of 2023 in general. A lot, a lot, a lot changes when March and April roll around, <laughs> you know, uh, um, Saturn and Pluto, two outer planets will move into different signs. That's huge, my friends. Also, Mars, mid-March, end of March, will exit his shadow and eventually move into Cancer. Again, huge shifts coming so it makes sense why I have kind of assigned the word limbo 
to February. And uh, it's easy to have a negative connotation of the word limbo. I thought I'd read us the definition <laughs> of what limbo actually means because there's some like biblical uh, religious kind of, um, I don't know, connotation with the word. But um, this is what Google says about the word limbo. Um, so, uh, in some Christian beliefs, limbo is the supposed abode of the souls of unbaptized infants and of the just who died before Christ's coming. Isn't that kind of weird? Um, so then the, um, the other words that are associated with that definition are oblivion, void, non-existence <laughs> okay so that's one definition of limbo that's not exactly what i mean here um this second definition is uh more what i mean so limbo an uncertain period of awaiting a decision or resolution an intermediate state or condition uh some other words associated with this definition are unfinished, incomplete, suspended. Okay. So yeah, February, when I say we're in limbo, yeah, we're in this like, unfinished, incomplete state where we're trying to figure out how our souls want to complete this cycle, right? And this cycle isn't just about the past six months. This cycle is likely uh since like 2019 2020 like you know like we're we're marinating with so much in february so i think it's actually makes sense why some of us just want to skip through this limbo and and head right over the cliff the side of the cliff as the fool does but here's the thing again there's a gift waiting for us if we are brave enough or if we are resilient I guess would be the word resilient enough to stay with the uncomfortability of this limbo state right and um I like this sort of uh, unfinished uh sort of synonym for limbo because another phrase that we could say about February's astrological and energetic forecast is finishing up the unfinished business <laughs> both karmically spiritually and literally like I can think of literal unfinished business that I have to finish up with my taxes and paying off a credit card bill and I have to still apply for student loan relief and I've been like avoiding, you know, like there, there is some literal unfinished business, um, but then there's some spiritual unfinished business that has to do with, um, you know, processing through old emotions and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so y'all are picking up what I'm putting down here. You know, February, there's a little, there's just some, some limbo that we have to sit with if we choose <laughs> to do so. Again, or we could move forward and run around like a chicken with our heads cut off and then we move forward. You know, we push 
through some sort of um, sign that says, no, no, like, ear, ear, no, don't go. And we say, nope, I'm taking this path, you know, <laughs> God damn it. Like, I'm, I don't care that this sign, this road sign says, path will not be open until March. <laughs> I'm going down it. And we do that, we get stuck in the mud, blah, 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 and et cetera, et cetera. So keep that in mind, my friends. Uh, I'm thinking in the rising sign forecasts, we'll highlight four uh, kind of, I don't want to say they're the most important transits of February, but they're the transits that are sticking out to me. So we'll, we'll call them Mal's top hits of February. Um, <laughs> so the first transit that I'm thinking of is uh, February 5th, which I believe this video will come out around that day, God willing. Uh, <laughs> so February 5th, we have the full moon in Leo. Um, this, I'm calling this full moon the integration moon. Uh, because this full moon is exactly square to Uranus, uh, yeah, okay, sorry, I'm like double checking in my mind's eye that I have this right. <laughs> what you just saw was literally like a chart flashing behind my eyes, and I'm like, okay, yeah, square to Uranus. The, the full moon in Leo on March 5th is square to Uranus, and you know, uh, Uranus can be realizations, surprises, shocking events, but intuitively that's not exactly what I'm getting with this full moon. I'm getting more that the thing has already happened and this square to Uranus is more of a epiphany about how to integrate what has happened or there's a moment of radical acceptance or there's a moment with reckoning with the tr truth of the situation. Maybe there is something uncomfortable about the truth uh, in, this, in this situation, right? Um, however, there's this powerful moment and opportunity with this full moon in Leo to do some kind of integration of the truth, if you will. Okay, so that's mal hit number one. Okay. Uh, my top hit for number two, my second top hit, is Mercury exits his shadow on February 7th. Okay, so we all know Mercury went into retrograde in Capricorn sometime in December 2022. He stationed direct at some point in January 2023, still in Capricorn, but he's been in his shadow. So that's the other thing I'm thinking about, you know, in combination with this full moon, square Uranus, and then two days later, Mercury stations direct, or not stations direct, Mercury, um, Mercury collects himself and finally exits his shadow two days after the full moon, there is clarity. You know, we're moving forward with clarity in some way. Um, and if you can hear the dog, I don't think you can, but if you can hear the dog barking in the background, the dog <laughs> that I live with agrees. Okay. Um, so then the top hits, uh, you know, the third and fourth top hit 
happen a little bit later in the month, uh, right after Valentine's Day, February, but we could say, you know, we could say ballpark February 14th through February 18th. There's two really important conjunctions that are happening at the same time. Uh, we have Venus and Pisces approaching their conjunction with Neptune in Pisces. And then we also have the Sun in Aquarius approaching his conjunction with Saturn in Aquarius. So that's top hit number three and number four. Venus conjunct Neptune, Saturn, or I should say the Sun conjunct Saturn. And this is quite a conundrum because I'm sure around the time of Venus, uh, Venus conjunct Neptune mid-month, everybody's going to be like, ooh, you know, illusions and uh, uh, be careful about, you know, uh, fantasies, because that's what we say when Venus is conjunct Neptune. But here's the thing, there's a very grounding energy behind this Venus conjunct Neptune, and it is that Sun conjunct Saturn. And this is arguably the final really, um, I don't know, profound? Yeah, yeah, this is the final really profound transit that Saturn has in Aquarius. Because Saturn's going to leave Aquarius really soon. And the sun makes his once a year conjunction with Saturn mid-February. And there's some kind of maturity, some kind of realism that begins to get paired with the dream, which is Venus-Neptune conjunction. So I actually kind of love that these two transits are sort of happening together because it shows us it's like the business manager, <laughs> you know, the business manager, a son, Saturn of the creative genius, which is Venus Neptune. And the creative genius finally gets the grounding that they need from the Saturn Sun conjunction in order to blossom and really launch their launch their dream into reality okay so that's my vibe check those are my four transits that feel really juicy this month um and let me know how you feel about these transits in the comments below were you also scoping out those transits if you are a student of astrology um you know i would love to know your alternative interpretations because as we know astrology is um you know this very poetic art form that has many different viewpoints and interpretations but um let me know how you resonate with that mini february forecast below uh make sure you subscribe to my youtube channel if you haven't already my manifestation is 1k or higher by the end of 2023 when it comes to my youtube subscribers so if you want to help me with that manifestation <laughs> if you get something out of these uh videos or the rising sign forecasts and you want to give back in some way hit subscribe hit like leave me a comment share this video 
etc etc you know the drill um and let's actually get into the specific rising sign forecasts now so one thing i will say uh before we get into that for any new listeners or new viewers is that i'm primarily a i consider myself a traditional astrologer meaning i view things through the lens of the whole sign house system and i also assign the planets to their traditional I assign the signs, the zodiac signs, to their traditional planetary rulerships. So that means I'm thinking along the lines of Saturn rules Aquarius and Capricorn. Uh, Mars rules both Pluto and Aries, etc., etc. Um, and you'll see me viewing the stuff through the lens of the whole sign system. So even if you're more of a modern astrologer or you look at your chart typically through the Placidus lens or you typically think of the planets through their modern rulerships, um, I think that's all beautiful and great. And let me offer you a slightly alternative perspective. And oftentimes I think we can resonate with both the traditional and the modern perspective. So keep an open mind. I know some people kind of shut down the traditional viewpoint, uh, you know, right off the bat, because I think the traditional astrologers, we have this, uh, I don't know, this like stereotype of being like kind of like buttoned up and very stuck to our rules uh, and very, you know, dedicated to how things have to be or whatnot and I'm not necessarily like that um, but I do think traditional astrology is really beautiful in the way it can speak to us and I would highly recommend that you listen for your rising sign instead of your sun sign. Um, now you can listen for your sun sign but I can almost guarantee that the rising sign will give you the better forecast for the month ahead. Okay. All right. Now that that stuff is all out of the way, let's cut to the fun part, which is the rising sign forecasts. And um, I'll be right back. Okay, friends, we're back. And let's start with Sagittarius rising. I don't know why I want to start there. But let's just let's just go with the flow. Okay, so Sag rising, it's your lucky day. You don't even have to scroll through the timestamps, uh, which are linked below in the show notes, by the way, for everybody. Uh, so let's talk Sag rising February. So something that sticks out to me is uh, that Venus-Neptune conjunction in Cap in uh, Pisces is, is kind of centering your fourth house of the home. And the fourth house can be about, yes, sorry, like our literal home space, like real estate, moving into a new apartment, buying a house. Uh, but it also can be more of a metaphorical sense of home that we find within ourselves. Uh, the fourth house can also have to do with our relationship to our parents, our relationship with our ancestors, and also our relationship with our like uh, nationality, nationalities or like uh, where our ancestors were originally from. So there's something there with the Venus-Neptune conjunction. Um, you know, Sag rising might want to connect with the ancestors this month. 
in a little bit more of a intentional way maybe set up a ancestral altar you know in your space um, let the ancestors know that you are making an effort to communicate with them you know set them out a glass of water a fresh glass of water every morning or whatever it is um, there's something there about reconnecting with this home that is inside of yourself inside of your heart chakra and how that home quote-unquote is now manifesting on the outside okay some Sag risings may be moving this month or feeling like there's um the plant spirits or the nature spirits are calling them back to a certain place um you know and also there's something about venus neptune you know building up to this conjunction in february might be like falling falling in love again with the place that you're in and uh, realizing that the place that you are you know rooted down in right now is a place where dreams can be planted you know um like i've lived places that weren't necessarily like ideal places like aren't my dream place to live but because i was really connecting to the plant spirits of that place and i was like saying hi to the trees and you know saying hi to the animals and paying attention to the birds that flew past my house like i was in relationship with that those locations and in turn those locations gave something back to me that I needed in that time okay um and I think this relates too with the sun saturn conjunction in your third house sad rising because there's something here about um, a narrative or a mindset that is changing it's almost like there's a maturation of a certain narrative that you have about yourself okay sad rising tends to be the cliche vagabond like drops everything i'm bored let's move to you know mexico or let's you know uh drop everything quit this job and start fresh you know sad rising really i think craves that starting fresh moment you know every couple years but there's something about that saturn sun conjunction in the third house where you might be committing to something that it's not that it feels boring but it feels like oh really like i'm gonna I'm gonna commit to working for my dad or like you know like something like that or like I'm gonna I'm really I've been trying to escape the family business my whole life and now I'm you know going to <laughs> you know surrender to it like really like like there's something there's some reality that you're accepting but know that I think it it adds up to a gift and Sag Rising always figures out how to do it their own way right and I think this is going to relate to earlier this month um you know we have that full moon in Leo on February 5th so that's in the ninth highlighting the ninth house there's some kind of integration 
of some of the more spiritual, esoteric things that you've been grappling with even in the past year. Uh, you know, there's something here about like, oh, I did a yoga teacher training and now I know that I can use the skills from this yoga teacher training to help me root down in this place you know like there's there's just some integration about something you have learned in the past year think of the most profound thing you have learned it doesn't necessarily have to be in a classroom or a student context but there's just something that's like oh like okay i finally have the toolkit the skills to integrate this and i think then that bounces uh over to the second house, which is where Mercury is finally clearing his shadow. In January and December, if uh, personal finances and livelihood were feeling kind of stressful, uh, Mercury clearing his shadow in the second house of your personal finances feels to me like a good omen when it comes to moving forward with a plan. And again, that might be sort of the Achilles heel of February for Sag Risings. Sag Risings don't fucking want the plan, you know? They want to do what they want to do, and they want to, um, you know, be inspired and follow the path of excitement, and you can do that sad rising but just like have a budget you know this month or like have that nugget of realism that's kind of grounding you in the dream um and that might ultimately be what sad rising is learning in this lifetime even like how to ground the dream into reality so the the sort of sad rising february i'm i'm excited for y'all to i'm excited to see especially what that venus neptune conjunction is like in that fourth house of the home and i think we're gonna have a lot of sad risings having really profound connection moments with not only their ancestors but the actual land that they are uh living on at this moment okay so that's sad rising let's go to capricorn rising okay so that venus neptune conjunction is happening in the third house uh so there's something for capricorn risings when it comes to this very romantic dreamy venus and pisces conjunct neptune in the third house i think there might be a little bit of a cosmic encouragement to get a little bit more creative think outside the box a little bit more um you know it's kind of the opposite of sad rising in a way like because sad rising there's a call to have a little bit more realism and have a little bit more of a plan whereas for the capricorn risings this month it's kind of like you need to trust that your plan is in place and then in Venus and Neptune, with Venus and Neptune conjunct in the third house of the mind, it's like, okay, like, can I let myself dream a little bit? <laughs> you know, can I let myself, um, y you know, go in this direction that might not be completely realistic, but what if it's exactly the direction I need to go in? Um, and I think this relates to Mercury's clearing its shadow 
in the first house, Capricorn. Like there's some part of your path for Capricorn Risings that that first house is is the house of the self, the the life path. Um, you know how you're how you're walking your journey in this lifetime. So there's some kind of clarity, like aha. Like this is the direction I need to go into, or I've been too limited, or I've been um, kind of restricting myself in unnecessary ways, okay? Now, I will say Venus, Neptune in the third house, uh, you know, especially mid-February, can read like a little bit of anxiety, because if you think about it, the highest frequency of Venus, Neptune is imagination. Uh, and, and, you know, being able to visualize our goals and our dreams and our wishes, uh, whereas the sort of other side of imagination, if we can imagine this great, beautiful reality, we can also imagine this, like, horrible disaster coming through, right? Um, so I would say really watch those anxiety stories if they do come up come February uh mid-February Capricorn Risings like I don't think that those anxiety stories are necessarily rooted in the truth and I think those anxiety stories may have to do with something monetary because that Sun Saturn conjunction is happening in the second house of money so you know, maybe you're in the process of, you know, trying to invest your your personal finances in something. And, you know, you're like, oh, I should save this extra money from my tax return. Okay, so yeah, maybe. But also you're thinking, but, you know, there is this class that I would really want to take you know, and it actually would really benefit me because it's a class about, I don't fuck it, like spiritual studies or something. And you're like, oh, gosh, like the dreamer in me wants to buy the class. But then the realistic Capricorn rising in me is like, you should just save the money and stop spending on frivolous things. When in reality, do you really spend on frivolous things anyways, Capricorn rising? So I'm not necessarily telling you like spend your money in in uh in frivolous ways but i'm saying like if there is something that would bring you happiness and joy that you can genuinely afford um you know i i would say it might be a worthy investment and sometimes sometimes I don't know, like sometimes we're so realistic, it's unrealistic, <laughs> you know? Like sometimes we're so realistic, we create our own suffering. Um, and I think that kind of relates to the full moon earlier in the month, uh, you know, highlighting your eighth house of taxes, loans, insurance, shared resources. You know, th there's, some, there's some money themes going on this month. There's some epiphanies of how you want to manage your resources and finances. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. It doesn't feel like it's a negative thing. Um, it feels like it has to do with the first, going back to that first house, Mercury clearing its shadow in your first house. You're feeling more certain 
of how you would like to invest in yourself and your path and and you're kind of waiting for the epiphanies to come one more thing with cap risings uh you know the third house where that venus neptune conjunction is uh is the house of siblings so i do wonder there's gonna be some capricorn risings this month who are seeing you know their siblings get married or um you know their sibling uh gets a big scholarship for their dream college or there's something here about um like good things potentially their their sibling their sister gets pregnant you know there's something there for um for capricorn risings like the joy of um connecting with a sibling and their accomplishments okay that could be true for some capricorn risings okay let's go to the aquarius risings um, so that Venus-Neptune conjunction for Aquarius risings is, um, is happening in the second house, okay? Uh, so I think Venus-Neptune in the second house, again, the second house, we've got personal finances, we've got our budget we have our livelihood, our paychecks, but also it's kind of like how we value ourselves and and what we value, okay? And I would say to Aquarius risings, be mindful of the impulsive spending that happens in February. Actually, if you could do no impulsive spending in February, uh, that would be ideal unless it has to do directly with like um kind of m maybe this summer like maybe you're investing in a trip and you're booking the the airbnb or you're hook you're booking the hotel or whatever like i could see that kind of coming through for aquarius risings but when it comes to the stuff like i'm gonna go to target at 8 a.m on a saturday and I've got a hundred bucks burning in my pocket and you're going to buy a bunch of shit that you don't need. That's the kind of impulse spending that I'm talking about, Aquarius Risings. Uh, maybe avoid that because I think there's going to be an epiphany later this month and even in March about how you would like to invest your finances in more aligned ways and in ways that actually feel like they support your dreams and ambitions and i want you to actually have those resources and not burn through them all with this venus neptune conjunction you know going a little unhinged in the second house of money now the saturn sun conjunction in the first house for aquarius risings uh, maybe, you know, mid-February, it wouldn't be a bad idea to take a little bit of time off. Um, why do I say that? Well, you know, the first house has to do with our body, our physical body, our bones, our muscles, uh, you know, the, the meat suit of our soul. And that Saturn-Sun conjunction in Aquarius in the first house, I mean, that can be a little bit of like feeling some burnout, feeling like you need some extra rest, uh, feeling like, 
you know, your bones kind of hurt or like, you know, it's, you know, how when it gets cold out and like, yeah, your bones kind of feel weird or that feels to me like something that some Aquarius risings could be going through. And uh, it's not to cause anxiety or scare anybody. Like, it's just, I just feel like plan, plan a little bit to be a little tired. Uh, and, and don't fight that because you might just take an extra nap, have a dream, which is Venus Neptune, and, and feel like that dream really gives you something to move forward with, right? Now, I think part of the, the kind of exhaustion part of it, though, for, for Aquarius Risings is Mercury, let's go to Mercury, clearing its shadow in the 12th house. I mean, there's something here when it comes to maybe realizing this is how I have been acting against my best interests. Um, this is how I've been self-sabotaging, uh, which is a very 12th house thing. 12th house is the house of enemies. But again, guess who's our biggest enemy? 95% of the time, it's us, right? So there's something here about how have I been, yeah, how have I been kind of sabotaging my own self and ignoring this like blaring signal from the universe you know that like I'm not supposed to be doing this you know or like I you know it's like this blaring signal of like oh I really need to take care of myself and you know I don't know like this is like an extreme example but like you pass out or something because you forgot to eat and you got so hungry um, and it's like, okay, this is a blaring sign that I have been sabotaging my own self by not putting my self-care first and foremost, right? And, you know, again, earlier in the month too, Aquarius Risings, y'all have that full moon in Leo highlighting the seventh house of relationships. So there might be some realizations for Aquarius Risings about how when we don't prioritize ourselves as, you know, the human animal meat suits, you know, that we have, you know, if we don't care for ourselves, um, how are we supposed to care for another person? And also, how are we expecting someone to care for us if we don't even care for ourselves, right? Um, so there's something there about like a wake-up call when it comes to um, oh I've been lonely the past couple years why is that well I also don't take care of myself and you know that's not the most <laughs> attractive frequency when it comes to my love life you know uh, and how do I cultivate more self-care so I do have maybe more to give in in my love life or I feel like my partnerships whether that's friendships whether that's um you know romantic partnerships like you know I'm learning that when I give to myself I have more energy for that area of my life okay 
So some some big stuff for you this this month, Aquarius Risings. But I am kind of excited for March for you when Saturn clears your first house. I, I do think that's going to be a really good feeling. Okay. Um, Pisces Risings. We've got, uh, what do we have? We have that. Okay, we have Venus, ne Venus and Neptune in Pisces in that conjunction in the first house. Again, this is going to be more mid-February, but you're going to feel this buildup you know, there's definitely a buildup, you know, throughout this whole month. And I think a lot of Venus and, or sorry, a lot of Pisces risings are going to, you know, dye their hair pink or, uh, y you know, start dressing in a way that feels more authentic to them. Uh, there's going to be some Pisces risings that are, you know, saying, declaring kind of like there's this sort of like I'm having a wedding but it's for myself like I'm marrying myself <laughs> you know like it's like oh wow like I I love myself there are things that I can really recognize about myself that I really like and I just want all the Pisces risings this month to like gas themselves up and you know, this relates to the Sun-Saturn conjunction in the 12th house of the unconscious. You might be having this realization, uh, you know, Pisces Risings, about um, sort of like the narratives, maybe even the narratives that are rooted in those those childhood trauma stories, uh, you know, these are like inner child things that that come through. Um, how has your inner child been running the show? And how can you move forward as their empowered parent? You know, not telling them like, get over it. You know, it's more like, no, I hear you and that hurt. And I'm your parent now and I can protect you and we're going to move forward when you're ready and we're not going to, you know, uh, we're not going to force anything. But at the same time, you might be feeling ready. Like you might be feeling a part of that inner child wound loosening up. Maybe that inner child wound really acts as a protector when you're in your dating sphere or when you know you're at work and you know your inner child doesn't want to let you apply for the promotion because they're like oh what if you fail what if you what if you're seen and it wasn't safe to be seen when you were young so let's not apply for that there's something with the pisces risings in february where it's like no like i am going to be seen and i am going to show my inner child that i can keep us safe while being seen and i think this relates to mercury clearing its shadow for you uh at the beginning of february pisces risings uh, mercury clears its shadow in the 11th house of groups networks and friendships so you may be finding a way that you want to move forward with your group friendship life um especially because you know the last three or four years i mean Saturn and Capricorn went through the 11th house and then Saturn's been in your 12th house. I mean, that's a lot of alone time. That's a lot of time for the Pisces risings 
when it comes to like feeling like they're in limbo with friendships and groups and networks and I think this this mercury clearing its shadow in the 11th house there's something there about okay I might be ready to trust in community again or I might be ready to sort of um you know find community that is really uh, could be really fruitful for me again um I'm ready to trust people again right and uh now beginning of the month now I know I'm kind of going backwards here but it's making sense in my mind to go backwards uh we have that full moon in Leo in the sixth house uh, of work, employment, co-workers. Uh, so I wonder for some Pisces risings, if there is some growth that you're being called to have in the workplace. And also, you may be finding a better balance between your own like day job or muggle job and your actual artistic dreams and pursuits so I can see this full moon at the beginning of the month being like all right like I just got promoted at work or I need to kind of find another opportunity that you know that you know covers the bills but at the same time how do I make sure that I'm prioritizing my life as an artist which is very Venus-Neptune conjunction in the first house, okay? That's what I got for you, Pisces rising. Let's go to Aries risings. So that, uh, that Pisces-Neptune conjunction is actually going through the 12th house for you. Um, and as I'm talking about the 12th house, I'm about to talk about the dream world, uh, but I'm going to get a drink of water here. Actually... <laughs> It's funny, Aries Risings stay really hydrated this month um, and, you know, really pay attention to your dreams, really, you know, set aside some time for meditation or retreating into nature, uh, you know, something, something that helps you connect with the other side, um, or the unconscious world, or both. Um, you know, read some Edgar Cayce, you know, who who is like this kind of older metaphysical um, dude that wrote a lot about dream work. Um, I don't know, there, there's something very dreamy about this, this Venus-Neptune conjunction in the 12th house of the unconscious for you, Aries Risings. If you've been wanting to break back into a daily writing routine or dancing even or um, taking a painting class. I mean, this is a great, great month to kind of start dipping your toe into that sort of um, that sort of journey. OK, um, and I think this goes with the Saturn Sun conjunction in the 11th house for you this month, Aries rising. There's something here about maybe feeling, <laughs> maybe it's not that you feel disenchanted with your friendships, but maybe there's some kind of like, I need to spend some alone time, you know, with my imagination this month or I need to pull back from all of these social endeavors 
that I've been saying yes to and I need to really prioritize my time in nature, my time with my dog, my time with myself, my time with my dreams. Um, yeah, there, there's just something there about um, maybe pulling back a little bit from saying yes to the socialization aspect of your life. I think that'll definitely come back this summer, uh, this spring, this summer, but specifically this month, there's, there's just a little bit of like a hermitage for the Aries risings, which, which is good, I think. I think sometimes that can be good. It doesn't mean that we don't love our friends or love our community. Sometimes we just need a moment in our cave, right? And I think too, uh, Aries risings, maybe there's something at work that has felt a little bit overwhelming, you know, with the with the Mercury retrograde in Capricorn going through your 10th house of career for, you know, uh, so long, not long, but like end the holidays, uh, beginning of January, maybe things get really busy at, in your workplace around uh, th that time. But I think there's something here about work moving forward with a better strategy at work and maybe setting boundaries with work that you've needed to set for a while. Um, there could also be something that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this Mercury in Capricorn approaching Pluto, which isn't one of our top hits this month, but I mean, there, there could be some authority thing that happens at work. Like maybe you need to put your foot down with something that your boss is asking you to do. Maybe you need to say that's not part of my contract. And if you want me to do it, you're going to have to pay me more. <laughs> you know, like there, there is something there about like workload versus how much you are getting paid. And if you really are doing this amount of work, why not ask for the promotion or why not, you know, have a little bit more confidence in your leadership ability at work. Okay. Um, now, Early this month, we have that uh, full moon in Leo in the fifth house. So I'm excited again with all this dreaming that you're doing, Aries rising. Uh, I'm excited to see how that full moon in Leo is going to illuminate your fifth house of creativity and joy and pleasure. And that's what I'm saying. You, That's why the hermit archetype is here. It's not like a melancholic hermit it's more like I'm finding joy and pleasure in being with myself and creating what I'm feeling called to create. Okay, so that's for the Pisces for the Aries risings. Um, now we are at Taurus rising. Okay, um, so Taurus rising. Venus and Neptune are approaching that conjunction in the 11th house of friends and groups and networks. So for Taurus risings, we may be finding that um, there's some kind of renewal of joy and connection when it comes to connecting with your groups uh, or networks. Like, you know, the, um, the story that kind of pops up with this is... Um, there's this episode of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I don't know why this is coming up, but uh, there's this episode of Gilmore Girls where Lorelai and Rory meet Emily and Richard, the, the grandparents, at um, the Yale-Harvard game. 
and uh, Richard is like totally in this like nostalgic mode where you know he went to Yale and now his granddaughter's at Yale and now they're at the Yale Harvard football game and like Richard's like you know leading the toast to the mascot and singing all these songs and running into people that he used to know and like there's some kind of maybe reunion with an old friend or an old group like Taurus Rising like if you were in like a sorority or fraternity in college or you haven't seen your friends in a while like maybe this is a good month to plan a little bit of a reunion even if it's a reunion on zoom um maybe you and all of your best friends live in different places like you, you know plan a zoom cocktail night and like you know have that have that reunion uh feel into the joy of community this month in some way and you know if there has been a community that you've been looking to join specifically something in the spiritual realm maybe it's like an astrology meetup in your city maybe it's like a, a an ashram or a yogic center that's nearby uh, maybe it's a queer community you know pisces i think can sometimes be like a symbol of queerness in in some ways uh, you know maybe there's something there uh, about you know kind of exploring the communities that you've been wanting to explore for a while okay meanwhile for the taurus risings um you know that sun saturn conjunctions happening in the 10th house of career um meanwhile mercury in capricorn is exiting its shadow in the third house or in the ninth house what does that mean in english well i think there's some kind of conditioning uh, or belief system around how work has to be versus how it can be and how you can actually decondition yourself from feeling like work has to take over your life. Um, it's so funny, you know, my dad is a Taurus rising and he was born during the uh, 1960s Aquarius stellium. So he has like this, he pretty much has literally almost every single planet in his 10th house. And this this guy can't, um, you know, separate himself from the conditioning he has at work. And uh, he's such a workaholic in a lot of ways, but you know, not in like the traumatic dad way. I mean, he's a really good dad, but he just is so dedicated to the duty of doing what he is supposed to do at work even though you know it's not his passion you know it's not it's not necessarily uh uh what he wants to be doing with his time right and you know there's something here with taurus risings like it's not like quit your job and start a band it's like how can i have more appropriate boundaries with my work life so i can enjoy my life which is what Taurus risings are here to do, you know, you're ruled by Venus. God damn it, you know, <laughs> like Taurus rising, like how can you enjoy your life a little bit more, separate yourself from the conditioning of what you have to do, quote unquote, at work, how you have to perform, quote unquote, at work. Um, and this relates to the full moon in Leo going through the fourth house of the home earlier this month. Uh, it's like, uh, maybe there's some focus 
on home life that you want to, yeah, it's like you want to refocus there. It's like, oh, I've been so busy at work. I haven't been able to paint my living room green like I've wanted to for five years. Like, make the time to hang up that picture. Make the time to have a few family members over for dinner and just catch up, whatever. Um, there's just something there about reconnecting with the home life as well and just disconnecting a little bit with some of the work drama because that work drama isn't you. You know, it's it has nothing to do with who you are as your in your soul. Um, you are so much more than this work thing, okay? All right, so Gemini rising. We've got uh, the Venus-Neptune uh, conjunction in the 10th house of career. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some Gemini risings were potentially shifting career paths this month in some way. Uh, maybe this has to do with going back to school because I'm noticing that the Sun-Saturn conjunction is happening in the 9th house, which oftentimes has to do with educational endeavors and, um, you know, taking a class or, uh, you know, I don't know, enrolling in community college or taking a, it can be like one, one class. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going back to school for my PhD. It could be like, oh, I'm going to enroll in the community college and take this computer education class two nights a week and see what happens. Like, there's something that the Gemini Risings are kind of dreaming about in their 10th house of career. Uh, there's also, I think, a really big opportunity for the Gemini Risings this month to show up publicly in a way that um, displays your talents. So if there are any Gemini Risings who are singers go to singer-songwriter night at your local bar and sing the song that you wrote. Um, you know, if there's an art, if you're an artist and there's a community art show, put the painting that you painted in the art show. Like, show up a little bit more publicly. And it doesn't have to be for a reason. It can just be because you're saying like, okay, yeah, I'm talented. And I've been producing this art or I've been writing this thing. How can I show it to the world? It's not in like this productive, like I want to make money. I want to make it big kind of way. It's just more like art is meant to be shown. Um, music is meant to be sung. Uh, poetry is meant to be read out loud. Uh, uh, plays are meant to be acted out. You know, like I just, I think there's something there about helping uh even maybe we need the gemini risings to do this this month because if we're all in limbo you know gemini rising can kind of be like our court jester <laughs> the court jester that's entertaining the kingdom you know uh, uh like through this moment of limbo right um now you've got the uh you've got the full moon in the third house early this month gemini rising so that feels to me like there's some illumination with uh, a story that you have about yourself, how that story might be changing. I take it 
you know, Mars, we'll talk about this more next month when Mars clears his shadow. But I mean, you've, you've had a retrograde, a very, very profound Mars retrograde in Gemini in the first house of identity. Okay. Like, if the Gemini Risings didn't have an identity crisis in the past four to five months, like, I'll be shocked, <laughs> you know, like, like, there's something, there's grappling, there's a lot of grappling with who am I? And this full moon in Leo at the beginning of February is like, ooh, like, I think partially there's a new story forming about myself. And if you look kind of across the street at Mercury clearing his shadow in the eighth house of shared resources. Maybe there's a little bit of karmic untangling happening with the Gemini risings. Maybe you're kind of separating yourself from a certain connection that you don't need to necessarily have. Maybe there's something about, um, you know, paying off a debt either financially or karmically that kind of releases you from some kind of eighth house stress that allows you then in the third house to start developing this newer narrative about yourself, okay? All right, Cancer Rising. Uh, we've got uh, that Venus-Neptune conjunction. I need another drink of, drink of water. And I'm just not going to edit that out because I'm too lazy. Uh, uh, okay, so because I'm a Pisces moon and I'm lazy. Uh, okay, so Cancer Risings. We've got Mercury, not Mercury. We've got Venus and Neptune forming that conjunction in the ninth house. Okay, so the ninth house can be publishing. So I'm wondering with the Cancer Risings, you know, maybe some of us are writing an article, writing our books, submitting our memoirs to uh, Amazon self-publishing. That could be a few of can few Cancer Risings. Like, you know, there's something literal going on with something that you've written or created and how you want to share it with the world. On the other hand, in a more metaphysical way, uh, I'm thinking that this ninth house situation kind of has to do with a renewal of faith in God, a renewal of your relationship with the universe. Uh, maybe you're feeling very connected with the universe around mid-February. I think for the Cancer Risings, we might really need this before Saturn goes into our ninth house, you know, because uh, I think Saturn in the ninth house is really going to test our faith uh, in ourselves and also in the universe in a lot of ways. And I think we really need this moment of being like, yes, the universe is with me. We need this moment to think back on in the years, uh, ahead, you know, where we're like, okay, yes, like that ritual really showed me that God in the universe was with me, that spirit was with me, that my guides were with me. Uh, that astrology was with me, right? Like ninth house is the house of astrology. So I think really connecting with that sense of hope and faith for the future as much as you can, Cancer Rising, is going to be really good juju for a lot of the things, a lot of the great things that I think are coming in the career and the community realm. Uh, now, 
Saturn and the Sun are conjuncting in the eighth house of shared resources. And I'm thinking here, uh, again, there's a debt being paid off. Uh, it's a literal debt, like you're paying off a credit card. It's an emotional debt, like you're telling someone that they hurt you and maybe you're not asking for their apology, but you're, you're sort of letting something out. If you can't talk to them in person, write them a letter and never send it. Write them a letter and read it to someone that you trust. Uh, you actually don't need the other person present in order to facilitate some sort of forgiveness. Also, you don't have to feel like forgiveness is 100% there in order to move on with your life. You can get to 85% forgiveness and feel like there's always going to be a 15% of like, like that just, that bothers me still. That's okay. You can still move on. You know, like you can still keep going. Uh, so don't let this whole, I think, spiritual bypassing of like the letting go process, uh, you know, oh, we have to, you know, burn our, I don't, write your name on, write your ex's name on a piece of paper and burn it. And afterwards, you know, you should be over it. That just, it's not how psychologically how our trauma is actually released. Uh, but, you know, let yourself work through this karmic contract with the person or the situation and just begin to step away from that. And and see how it evolves, okay? I think this relates to the Mercury retrograde you just had in the seventh house of relationships. So there might have been some weird things happening with partnership, like maybe you and your boyfriend or girlfriend or partner broke up, or maybe there was a weird situationship that came to an end, or maybe you and your life partner who you still want to be with, maybe you guys had a lot of miscommunications or uh, a thing in their life popped up that felt just a little, I don't know, like a little tough. Uh, now you're figuring out a way to move forward and speak your mind and communicate through this moment. Uh, now, early this month, Cancer Risings, we have uh, the full moon in Leo in the second house of finances. And I'm thinking here there's something about the sort of, I guess, um, I don't want to say capitalizing, but capitalizing on a talent, selling something that you've created, uh, valuing yourself as a creator who can make money, um, valuing your skill set more in the workplace uh sometimes because of this capitalistic hell that we live in we start to see ourselves as just machines and there's something about this full moon in leo in the second house for cancer risings where it's like i'm not a machine like i have this talent that is um unique to me and I get to share it with the world and now I'm feeling I'm feeling safer and safer to share it with the world okay um so that's what I'm getting for the cancer risings 
Okay, Leo Risings, uh, we've got that Saturn-Sun conjunction in your seventh house of relationships. And then we have that Venus-Neptune conjunction in the eighth house of shared resources. Uh, in English, what does that mean? Well, I, I feel like relationship stuff has and partnership stuff has been really, really up and down, um, especially with Saturn literally in the past two and a half years, Saturn has been going through your seventh house of relationships. So there's been a lot of relationship stuff that's been put to the test. And sometimes, yeah, that partnership might have quote unquote failed the test. Um, and I think I remember, um, this is, this is dumb, but you know what this makes me think of? Uh, it makes me think of this time in college. It was like I was in my like very first relationship and uh, me and this person were having an argument or fighting about something like super, super trivial. And I set, and also I was operating under the assumption at that moment that like, oh my God, I love this person. I want to be with them. I want to like get married to them and like, yeah, <laughs> a lot has changed, okay? But uh, a lot has changed. Uh, but I remember saying to them, like, if we can't get through this little thing, how are we going to get through the bigger stuff? Uh, because if we're really telling each other that we want to be with each other forever, right? And we're fighting over this, like, little thing like what happens when one of our parents dies or one of us gets fired from a job or we have a kid or something like that like it, it, you know and there there is something going on with leo risings that kind of feels like that it's um is this partner really going to be there for better or worse or is it that we struggle on, you know, working through these issues and like, how are we supposed to grow if we can't get past this, you know? Like, so there's something there for the Leo Risings. Uh, you know, a lot of Leo Risings walked away from a longer term relationship, um, it, you know? And now with that Venus-Neptune conjunction going through the eighth house of shared resources, I'm thinking um, now Leo Risings get this opportunity to dream of future collaborations and they get to decide more about the boundaries that they are going to have with their collaborations. Uh, even, if, uh, even if Leo Risings are still with their partner and maybe this time with Saturn has shown them that their partners are like with them through thick or thin and they're like their rider dies, you know, that's the other option. There's still some sort of boundary, I think, in the shared resources sector that you're learning to have with yourself and others, Leo Risings. And I would be very careful this month about the contracts that you're signing, making sure that, um, you know, there's very clear terms and conditions. Uh, there's something with like that Venus-Neptune conjunction in the eighth house. If you're signing like a contract, well, I guess if you're making an agreement with someone uh, and you're like, all right, yeah, like I'm going to paint you this painting and uh, 
and yeah totally like and here's how much the the materials are going to cost plus it's going to take me 10 hours to paint this painting like this is roughly the amount it's going to cost at the end of the day and the person says oh yeah great like sounds good yeah just go ahead and you're like all right well I'm gonna go and buy the stuff and you start doing it and you invest all this money and this time into doing the painting and then you're like hey I'm finished uh here's what it looks like it's gonna be x amount and the person like doesn't email you back or like you're like fuck like I just invested in something that didn't actually have a contract or um I over idealized or overly trusted this connection and we didn't completely have the terms and conditions in writing okay so that's my advice to the Leo risings you know in the month of February like anything any artistic thing that you're commissioning to another person or any sort of shared resources even if like you let's say you're you're letting your friend borrow a thousand dollars like or something like that like have have that in writing if they're saying I want to pay you back um have that in writing or uh don't give people money that you're wanting to get back you know like there's isn't there a saying like that like don't give your friends or family money if you're expecting it back like give it as though you're never gonna see that money again and then if they pay you back then okay great but if they don't pay you back you don't have that resentment or that expectation of um of like oh you never gave me this back and now I'm mad at you and we are in a ending ending our relationship you know like there's there's something like that going on I think in the eighth house Leo rising now granted that full moon is happening in the first house for you and I'm excited for that because um, among amidst <laughs> throughout <laughs> throughout all of this relationship karma that you've been sifting through the past couple years like you know you might have kind of felt like you lost yourself a little bit and I think at the the beginning of February there's a there's a reclamation of who you are there's this sort of I am my name is like I, my path has meaning I'm moving forward uh, it, it's it is a really beautiful thing I think to have a full moon first house um now just be careful of your energy levels okay just because you're having this full moon first house moment doesn't mean you're gonna be jumping uh, on a trampoline and launching yourself into space like I don't view this energy the actual physical energy coming through until maybe later uh once mercury kind of uh even gets out of your sixth house of health uh because there's something here going on about um needing extra rest needing to tend to ourselves more than usual both physically and emotionally and uh there's nothing like a a good first house full moon when you're like eating soup and you're just like cozy and in bed and letting yourself rest if that is how you're feeling okay um believe me this year 
you're gonna be seen you know believe me like there's there's tons of moments when you're going to be able to reclaim your identity right now that's that's just for you I think like that's for you to know and others to find out you know so that's what I'm getting uh Leo rising okay Virgo rising we have uh We've got that Venus-Neptune conjunction in the seventh house of relationships. So um, I think it's actually a great time for the Virgo Risings who are wanting to get back out on the dating scene. Uh, go ahead and do it. I mean, don't have really high expectations. Um, you know, uh, what's that song by Carrie Underwood? Um last name you know like um it started out hey cutie where are you from and it turned into oh no what have i done <laughs> you know and i don't even know your last name you know that listen to that song by carrie underwood because it's like you know she it's like something about getting married to someone in vegas and you don't even know their last name and you just got married to them you know it, it's that kind of vibe uh, so have fun. Use this Venus-Neptune conjunction to get back out there and just go on a few first dates um, or go, go, you know, just uh, like <laughs> I'm like thinking of like Bridgerton when uh, they're sort of uh, first season of Bridgerton when um, you know, the oldest daughter is at all of these dances and she's dancing with like a bunch of different suitors and trying to figure out who it is that she actually wants to pursue with marriage. Like, think of it that way for the single Virgo Risings out there. Now for the partnered Virgo Risings, I think there's definitely a really good opportunity this month to take a little romantic weekend getaway with your partner. Um, you know, it is Valentine's Day this month and that Venus-Neptune conjunction is exact uh, the day after Valentine's Day. So it just feels like a really good moment to remind your partner how much they mean to you, do something a little bit more romantic, uh, take advantage of the Valentine's Day vibes, even if you're not typically a Valentine's Day kind of person. I just think there's something there when it comes to, uh, yeah, w when it comes to really rekindling the flame, as they say. Um, now, Virgo Risings, there might be a little bit of stress going on at work, though, with that Saturn-Sun conjunction in the sixth house of work-life daily schedule. Uh, but know that Saturn is going to move out of your sixth house soon. Um, so be wise as to how much emotional and physical energy you're investing in the work-life drama or the work-life stuff that feels like it is occupying your mind and your energy at this moment. Um, would it be beneficial for you to shift your energy just a little bit into the areas of your life that have to do with relationships and even have to do with your own healing like psychological healing because that full moon in uh in leo at the beginning of the month 
is going to be illuminating the 12th house of the unconscious for you Virgo or Virgo risings. So there might be some Virgo risings that are saying like, I'm ready to go to therapy. Like I'm ready to unpack this trauma or I'm ready to grieve in a more significant way. I need to find this partner that can kind of, not a romantic partner, but a healing partner that can kind of help me go forward with empowerment, okay? Um, there also might be in shifting your energy a little bit away from work Virgo rising. I'm thinking about that Mercury clearing its shadow in your fifth house of creativity. So maybe there's like a creative project and, you know, time spent with your partner that would be really good for you right now. Like instead of spending the whole weekend worrying about what Monday will bring, you know, really be present on Saturday and Sunday and like, you know, do a fun thing with your partner, create something that you want to create, uh, focus again, shifting that energy a little bit away from the work life drama if there is any okay or just the obsession the general fixation on the work life stuff okay libra rising uh you have that venus neptune conjunction going through the sixth house and the sixth house can also be like our health and our wellness and um both mentally and physically so it's interesting i'm thinking that the the libra rising's this month might be doing some kind of cleanse or might be taking steps to uh, take care of themselves in a way that they've needed to for a while. Like if some Libra Risings out there like know that they're allergic to dairy, but they continue to eat like ice cream and a cheese stick or for a snack or whatever, um, you know, there might be some Libra Risings with that Venus-Neptune conjunction in the sixth house. Like kind of being like, all right, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to really listen intuitively to what I need to do for my body right now. And um, I need to do some like intuitive eating and I need to, um, you know, kind of intuitively move my body and just kind of feel like I am, um, I don't know, like the, the leader of my own health and wellness. And I think really connecting with the art of caring for yourself and your health this month is a really good idea. Um, it might be a little bit hard to find those kind of nuggets of like, when am I going to be creative? And when am I going to find pleasure? You know, Saturn is still moving through your fifth house of creativity and pleasure this month you'll have that sun saturn conjunction in the fifth house which is still a little bit of a buzzkill you know sometimes it's a little bit like oh like i'm i'm so caught up with my work goals or my personal goals or my health goals that i haven't had the time to personally create anything or i have felt disconnected from the hobby that i really love to do and you know that that time period may still persist until like March or April but I think things are really going to shift um come the end of the month beginning of March okay now Libra rising you're having that full moon in the 11th house of friends and networks uh so 
there could be like a, a really great connection that you're having with some of your friends. Maybe you guys are having a full moon ceremony together. Um, you know, I think really soak up the feeling of being in aligned community uh, at the beginning of the month, Libra Risings. And I think this also relates to something moving forward in your sort of home life, which is Mercury clearing its shadow in the fourth house. Uh, maybe there's been a change in your home life, or maybe there's been something that you've been sorting out with a parent or a conversation that you've been having with your relationship to your parents and letting your friends really support you through that and seeing how this time period can um, maybe even have you feeling a little bit more individualized kind of away from some of the family drama <laughs> and and feeling like you're checking back in with yourself and your path as an individual okay Scorpio rising oh my god we finally made it to the end I can't believe it uh Scorpio rising let's see here Venus and Neptune's going through your fifth house okay um, so fifth house, sex, pleasure, romance. Uh, I think for the Scorpio risings, there could be a little bit of a disillusionment when it comes to things that have to do with like love and sex. And something that comes to mind is that it's easy with like the pleasure hormones that get set off in our brain. Like when we kiss someone or we're making out with someone that we think is hot, like our hormones in our brain will really literally be setting off because we're animals, you know? And we're like part of our like, and this isn't me saying that I think this is our ultimate purpose, but evolutionarily, <laughs> from an evolutionary perspective like humans are a part of where we're adapt why we've adapted is because we need to survive and part of survival is co-creation and part of co-creation is like having sex you know and and I think there's something here with the Scorpio risings like where it's like am I really in love with this person or is this just my my like caveman hormones being set off right um but for some Scorpio risings like I mean it's kind of a, a good month like if you really feel like you're with a partner and y'all are ready to start a family like it's a very fertile time uh so there's something there with like pregnancy for Scorpio risings again be careful if that's not what you want and you're just kind of hooking up with someone who's fun and flirty, but you're not that serious about them. Like Scorpio Risings, I just need you to use protection <laughs> if that is not where you're at. But if you are, again, with your partner and you know you guys are ready to start a family, ready to co-create in some way, it's a great month to do that. I think this relates to the Saturn-Sun conjunction in Aquarius in the fourth house of the home, maybe there's something like, you know, you're committing to a location. Uh, like I could really see some Scorpio risings, like buying a house in a neighborhood that has good schools and getting pregnant. Like, you know, like there's some story there with like, this is 
this is the home I want to be in for my next chapter. This is the location that I am committing to for the next chapter. This is the location I'm saying goodbye to in order to find a more aligned place. Like there's something here with the Scorpio risings about home life and how that is evolving. Okay. Now the, the full moon in Leo at the beginning of the month is illuminating the 10th house of public reputation for you Scorpio risings. So I do wonder if you are giving a big presentation at work or being promoted at work or even like choosing a new career path or coming out about something maybe it doesn't necessarily have to do with career but maybe you're making a public social media post about a life update or about a more aligned identity that you are adopting right now or that you're embracing right now or maybe there's something that just feels like you're done hiding it and there's something that's coming out you know at the beginning of February um and I think ultimately going back to Mercury in retrograde in Capricorn, that was going through the third house of communication. So this this Mercury retrograde has really put you through the trenches, you know, with how you communicate, what you want, what you need, who you are. And there's a moment of authenticity that happens at the beginning of the month where you're really getting clear, a little bit more clear about who you are and how you want to move forward and again it's not all not all the answers are here but there's something here about um yeah there's just there's something here about claiming the identity and moving forward okay um so scorpio risings yeah good month for a flirty fling um you know bad month for unexpected pregnancies so be careful um <laughs> a good month for uh for fertility for those who want it a uh, bad month for you know uh falling in love on the first date and getting married the next morning you know like there's there's just be mindful of that okay but i'm excited to hear about it scorpio rising um, and okay, my friends, that, that is the end that concludes our rising sign forecasts for February. Again, if you found any of this helpful, please comment below. I would love to hear your stories and how you're resonating with these forecasts. Give me a like, give me a comment, subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. It really helps me out. You all are part of the manifestation itself. Uh, send this video to a friend if you want to share it and uh, feel free to book a session, a more um, personalized session on my site, which is in the show notes for February or March. If you're looking for some personal, individualized astrological advice. Okay, um, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching.